Hello everyone, my name is Haley Elizabeth, and if you don't know who I am, this is my true crime podcast where once a week I sit down and I talk about all things true crime, ranging from murders, disappearances, cults, all the way to the biggest drug bust in history, the biggest bank heist in history, all things true crime. And if you're interested in any of that, you can head over to the YouTube channel every Wednesday for the visual version, or head over to Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts every Tuesday for the audio version. Now for today's case, we're going to be talking about the case of Domina Cherry. Now there is a lot to get through, so we're just going to hop right into it. Domina Cherry, aka Sarah M, was born in 2002, and it kind of caught me off guard when I read that Sarah was born in 2002 because I myself was born in 2002, and I don't know, it kind of just shocked me to see that she was the same age as me because she committed such a horrendous and terrifying crime, and the fact that someone my age did that is just so bizarre to me. Usually, the murders that I talk about started their crimes like in their early 20s or they're in their 30s or 40s but Sarah was actually only 20 years old when she committed her crime. Sarah was born in Switzerland to her parents as an only child and then moved to the state Bavaria in Germany as a toddler. More specifically she moved to Forkem which is a population of 32,000 and has quite an ancient charm to the city. As far as her childhood she grew up with quite a normal childhood. She had loving parents, she got good grades in school, she had lots of friends at school, and even had a great relationship with her parents. She even owned a pet rabbit that was her absolute best friend. She would bring her pet rabbit everywhere and them two would do everything together. But as she became a teenager, that is when things started to go downhill. She became a lot more rebellious and went through her emo angsty phase. She skipped a lot of school, started smoking weed, and she quite enjoyed annoying her parents. So sometimes she would go out of her way to do things that she knew she would get yelled at just to get that attention from her parents. She also started to have a lot more problems with the kids at school. She would get into frequent fights and would fight everyone over everything. And because of this, she could never keep a friend because a lot of people described her as very hard to get along with. People would bully her or clap back at her and she honestly loved it. She was always looking for a fight and she loved the drama and attention that she got from it. She would frequently go against her school's dress code, she would wear heavy eye makeup, and she started listening to heavy metal and started to get into the heavy metal culture. And it was also said that in high school she would actually start going around and telling people that she was a prostitute and that's how she got a lot of money for clothes. Now mind you at this time she should have been like 15, 16 years old. So her being a prostitute, it isn't, you know, that outrageous that unfortunately does happen. But the fact that she was so open about it to everyone kind of made it seem like it was a lie. And then in 2018, at the age of 16 years old, that's when she started to experiment with more drugs. And as I said, all she used to do was weed, but then she started meeting people with outlets and started to take ecstasy and Molly very often. She was even arrested at the age of 16 for possession of drugs and when she was being arrested she was extremely aggressive with the police. She was fighting them and screaming at them and calling them all these names. 
And unfortunately, after getting involved with the law and drugs, she started self-harming and she was actually found with cuts all over her wrists very often while she was in high school. She would even go on her YouTube channel that she had to open up about her struggles and said, quote, I have depression and I do indeed harm myself. I don't recommend you doing it, by the way. Now, now I know you ask yourself, why do you do it and why shouldn't we? Honestly, I can't help myself. It calms me down and it's like an addiction. And unfortunately, one day when Sarah's mother was putting away her laundry, that is when her mother would open up her closet to see a rope hanging from the ceiling of the closet. Once the mother found this, she immediately checked Sarah into a psychiatric facility and went into an extended stay. During her stay, she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and suffered hallucinations due to all of her excessive drug use and psychedelics, along with quote-unquote emotional disturbance. Even though she starts getting treatment, her stay wasn't smooth at all. As I said, Sarah loved to mess with people. She loved to annoy people. She just loved to get involved with drama. She actually made friends with a fellow inmate there to which she tried to convince this inmate to kill themselves. And luckily, this person didn't. But due to this, the doctor eventually found out and felt that Sarah had very destructive tendencies and she ended up having to stay for a few more months. In 2019, at the age of 17, she was released from the hospital because she was quote-unquote healed, but when she got out and got access to the internet, that is when her scary obsession with serial killers had started. And the whole culture of people, you know, romanticizing serial killers is something that I've unfortunately seen a lot. Even on Twitter, there are a lot of subgroups where people are crushing on serial killers and literally fantasizing about what it would be like to be murdered by these serial killers. And if you guys have seen my video about Isabella Guzman, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Isabella had murdered both of her parents and because Isabel was very pretty, you know, she had a pretty face, she had pretty hair, and even at her trial, she looked very attractive and people basically just accepted what she did and said that she was innocent just because she was pretty. There was even people on TikTok making edits of her and some some of them were even sexual edits of just her and romanticizing her and just treating her like a role model. This does not just stop at Isabel Guzman. This is all over the internet where people will romanticize serial killers and that is exactly what Sarah did. Her favorite serial killers were Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez and even had posters of them all up in her room, especially Richard Ramirez. She actually had Richard Ramirez as her lock screen and Ted Bundy as her home screen. On her Instagram, she would post frequently about serial killers and she admired them. One of her favorite was Jack the Ripper. She would even frequently draw pentagrams on her palms just like Richard Ramirez did and would even draw swastikas all over her arms. She lived in Germany and in Germany if you draw a swastika anywhere it is extremely illegal and could actually land you in jail for three years. But I guess Sarah just felt like she was unstoppable because she would frequently draw it all over her arms and never get caught. She became so fixated and obsessed with these killers that she soon started to wonder what it would be like to actually kill someone 
someone, but most importantly, get famous from it. And this is when she decided that she wanted to be known as a famous serial killer. She wanted to be the best at it. At 17, she also got her first boyfriend named Leon. And Leon, we don't really know much about because he's a minor and Germany has very, very strict privacy laws. But what we do know is that Leon, very similar to Sarah, struggled a lot with his mental health and he was also very into drugs and he also had a very lengthy criminal record. Sarah and Leon would spend every second of every day together and they were just absolutely in love. Sarah also lost her virginity to Leon. It's very common for you to fall in love with them or make yourself think that you're in love with them because you guys share a bond and a level of intimacy that you cannot share or have with anyone else. But surely after losing her virginity to him, she unfortunately started to become obsessed and addicted to having sex. She craved attention and she loved when having sex because during sex she would be praised and seen as hot and it would just boost her ego. And also, Leon did know about her obsession with serial killers, but he didn't really mind and he didn't really care. He just thought that, you know, she's just a true crime lover. There's nothing really much there. But as time went on, it would just get worse and worse. And Sarah would become obsessed with violence. And later down the road in her and Leon's relationship, she actually wanted to make the sex more extreme and frequently asked him to beat her and choke her, which personally, I don't mind as long as it's between two consenting adults. But I feel like there is a line that can be crossed when one of the consenting parties is just left completely hurt. Like for example, Sarah would ask Leon to make it as violent as possible. Like no matter how much he choked her or beat her, she always wanted more. And this made Leon extremely uncomfortable because this is his girlfriend. This is the love of his life. And so of course he doesn't want to hurt her or see her in pain, but this is what she wants. And there were times where he would leave Sarah with a bunch of like scratches and bruises and all of these like wounds would cause infections and those infections would lead to bigger problems. And so it wasn't like Leon just wasn't down with it. He just physically couldn't stand by and watch Sarah literally go through so much pain because of something that he did. And so he was in a very uncomfortable position. And so in March of 2021, after dating for two years, Leon finally broke up with her. Sarah was completely destroyed because they had dated for two years. He was her forever, but it was said that this breakup was a catalyst for what is about to come. Her sadness later turned into anger and her anger turned into wanting revenge on Leon. She had spread rumors that Leon had choked her, had abused her, and she said Leon had even SA'd her and took nude pics of her and posted it online. Now, we're unsure if the choking, if the abuse, if the SA is true, but when police later looked into where these nude pictures were and even interviewed Leon about these nude photos, there's absolutely no evidence to back this up. Nothing was found online. Nothing was found on like Leon's computers or phone. Hello, everyone. Don't worry. It's still me just thanking the sponsor of today's episode, Stamps.com. Now, if you guys have your own business or you work for a business, you know that 
that the holidays are a nightmare. It is the busiest time of year and sometimes if you're a new business, it's hard to prepare for the seasonal rush and sometimes it can even just take you by surprise. The holiday rush means more mailing and shipping for your business, but it doesn't have to mean more stress. Stamps.com has been helping businesses like yours save time and money for 25 years and it can help you get ready for the holiday ramp up. All you need is Stamps.com's premium rates for all your postage needs. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and a printer. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started. Now, taking care of orders on the go is even easier with Stamps.com mobile app. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through the Stamps.com dashboard. And and if you sell your products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. And they also give premium discounts on supplies at your fingertips, order shipping and mailing supplies, labels, and even printers from the supply store. Get huge carrier discounts up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. Plus, Stamps.com automatically tells you the cheapest and fastest shipping options. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to the USPS and UPS services you need right now from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Get your business ready for the holiday rush. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code BEHIND for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code BEHIND. Again, thank you so much for Stamps.com for sponsoring today's episode. Now back to your episode. And so that is when Sarah's revenge started to get a lot more scary to where she wanted to not just hurt Leon, she wanted to murder Leon. And not just murder Leon, but murder hundreds of other men just like Leon. She basically just had this very unhinged rage for men and she wanted to take it out on all men no matter what the man was like. So literally a week after her and Leon had officially broken up, she went out and bought a 12-inch camping knife to which she actually wasn't even old enough to buy this camping knife. She had to bring a with her who was over 18 who then bought the knife for her but the only reason they bought her the knife was because she told them that she was going camping soon and she needed a sharp knife like that which having a knife as your weapon of choice is extremely scary because a knife compared to other weapons is a lot more intimate you have to be close to the person in order to hurt them and you also have to have a lot of strength a lot of precision and when you are up close to the person you're seeing that them die up close. So it's a very personal and intimate way of killing someone. And this was Sarah's first choice of weapon. But although Sarah had her weapon of choice, she definitely didn't try to keep it a secret or anything or try to cover up her tracks because she went on her just like plain regular Google browser and Googled, quote, how long does it take someone to die if you stab them in the neck, as well as how long does it take to die if you stab someone in the lung? And finally, quote, 
what is the best way to become a serial killer? So since she was Googling her murder plans very, very openly, she also Googled serial killers, but not just her favorite serial killers, but their tactics and how did they do it and how did they get away with it? Because as I said, she didn't plan on just becoming an average killer. She wanted to be a serial killer and she wanted to be the person with the most victims. She looked up the murderer with the most victims and the name Harold Shipman came up. Now, if you guys don't know who Harold Shipman is, he is a British serial killing doctor who has claimed to have 218 confirmed victims, but it is possible that that number goes up to 250. After Sarah finds this online, she immediately texts her friend, quote, the biggest serial killer has committed around 250 murders. I am going to do more than that. Now, why exactly she's texting her friends all of this, I have no clue, but that is when Sarah started to try to figure out a plan on how she was going to claim her victims, and that's when she decided to use dating apps. She got on dating apps such as Badoo, Plenty of Fish, Tinder, as well as some sugar daddy sites, and then she was going to tell the man that she was talking to to meet her at her cabin in the woods, and then when the person would pick her up, they would go to her quote-unquote cabin in the woods, which surprise, there is no cabin in the woods, but she would take them there in the middle of the woods, get out the car, and then she would kill them. This was her tactic, and this was her plan, and this is how she was going to claim at least 250 victims. But when she made her dating profile, she literally used photos of herself. She literally plans on being a serial killer, but she puts her face on the dating profile that will literally be used against her in court if she is ever caught. Her bio on all of her dating sites is 10 times more creepy and it reads, quote, a bisexual 19-year-old virgin who's looking for a good time and that also has a strong interest in BDSM. Now, I'm assuming she's saying this, so she sets it up as if she's an innocent virgin who likes BDSM, and she posts pictures of herself in lingerie and gave herself the screen name Domina Cherry, Domina, which is German for a female dominatrix. She got a lot of messages, but as you can tell, 19-year-old virgin with a curiosity in BDSM doesn't really get the most of respectful of men. And so she got a very particular crowd of people and started to chat with multiple men over the next three days so she could choose her first victim. There was actually a guy that she was talking to named Sam, with Sam saying, quote, would you like to meet up, comma, if so, where? Sarah responds with, quote, sounds good. Sam responds with the licking lips emoji and says, quote, do you have experience with older men? Sarah says, quote, yes, I have experiences with 28-year-olds. She goes off to say that nothing is off the table and she is into absolutely everything, but she does love being in control. This makes no sense because how can you be a virgin but also know what you like in bed if you haven't been with another person before? I feel like with that, it's more of just a judgment call. You try something, you may or may not like it. And if you don't, you try something else, Myrna. You may or may not like it. It's just, 
it's just a bunch of getting to know your partner and yourself. But if she is a virgin, then she would not know anything of what she's into. Sam responds with, quote, I'm good, but are you? I'm good, but you're over 18, yes? And then Sam responds with, quote, you're over 18, yes? And, and to that, Sarah responds, yes. And they arrange to meet on May 3rd with Sarah, plan- with Sarah planning on killing Sam. Sarah was also talking to another man named Murad. And Murad was a little bit more bold than Sam. Murad literally opened up the conversation by saying, quote, Hey, hope everything is fine with you. When are we meeting, babe? Sarah responded to Murab and said that any time after May 3rd is perfect because May 3rd is when she had the date with Sam. Murad responded with, quote, sex in the car then. And Sarah responded with, quote, whatever you want. We can also drive to my cabin. It's really nice and it's in the middle of the forest. It even has heating and an oven so we won't be disturbed. Murad then reveals that he's a teacher and says, quote, yes, yes, whatever. I'm into some unusual sexual practices. Is this okay with you? Sarah says, quote, yes, I prefer blindfold and handcuffs. Make sure to bring this with you. There's also a third man that she's talking to named Anthony, who just makes me very uncomfortable because he basically asks Sarah if he could be her slave and his female dominatrix. So basically just to be Sarah's dog, essentially. And Sarah agreed to meet with Anthony on the 5th of May, two days after Sam. And what's really, really crazy about all of this, as I said, she made multiple dating profiles. And after three days over all of the dating profiles, she had been contacted by 224 men, which is extremely insane. That is a very high number. And if she wanted to have the goal to kill 250 men, this alone will get her there. She told her friend that that she actually planned on going on a killing spree and just inviting all these men on dates before killing them. She said that she would go on a date with these men one by one and take them out to the woods where she would take her knife and slit their throats. Now, I know what you're thinking, why is the friend just okay with this? Does the friend think that this is just a weird joke? throughout the trial, you'll see a little bit of her friends. But for the most part, I don't know why her friends were super just chill with her making these really weird jokes. But a lot of them said that Sarah had dark humor and would frequently joke about killing people, but they never actually thought she would do it. And then that's when Sarah would get a message from a man named Zayed. And Zayed, she decided, was going to be her first victim. Zayed was of Iranian descent and we don't know much about him because of Germany's intense privacy laws so we don't know his surname or his date of birth but we do know that he was 39 years old and moved to Germany from Iraq at 32 years old and had been living in Germany for seven years. He was one of six brothers and both of his parents had unfortunately passed away. He came to Germany after his parents passing for a new life and was a private security guard. He absolutely loved football, he loved watching it, and he even played some of it in his spare time. 
He hoped to find love one day and start a family and settle down, but as of right now, he was more just dating around. And then on May 1st of 2021, that is when Zayed would say, quote, hello, good morning, at 10.53 a.m. Sarah responded with, quote, what are you looking for here on Badoo? He responds with, quote, well, I'm a single man looking for anything, really. And then Sarah responded with, quote, want to meet up, kissy face emoji? And Zayed said, quote, well, of course. Then he says, quote, are you the devil's bride? To which she responds with, quote, yes, the devil's bride herself. Sarah asks if Zayed has a car because her town doesn't have a train and he does have a car. And that's when Zayed agrees to meet up with her that same night. He agrees to meet up with Sarah, aka Domina Cherry, at 8 p.m. at a bus stop and then they would drive to the remote cabin in the woods. While Sarah was waiting, that is when Sarah would Google more things such as, quote, how to hide a body and, quote, how long does it take for someone to bleed? out. But also, while Sarah is waiting, Leon shows up to her house to get some of his things, and Sarah said she even contemplated about stabbing and killing Leon right there, but she didn't follow through with it because she wanted his murder to be a little bit more special than that. But Leon, when he was coming to get his things, he was actually scared that Sarah was going to do something like this, so much to the point where he actually had a friend bring him to Sarah's house and told his friend before going in, if I tug on the curtains by the window or if I don't get out in 10 minutes, please come inside immediately. And then at 7.30 p.m., that is when Zaya texts Sarah and says he's on the way. And while she's waiting, Sarah calls her friend Francisca, but she doesn't answer. So Sarah leaves a voicemail saying, quote, I'm going out now. I'm going to kill my first. I'm excited. It's pouring rain out. Please wish me luck. It works. After the voicemail, she sends a text saying, quote, going to go all natural born killer now. Wish me luck. And then sends a video of her dancing around with the knife in her waistband. When Francisca saw this, she knew that Sarah wasn't playing anymore. This wasn't just some dark humor joke. And so she got extremely scared and started to panic. Francisca Googled, quote, are you punished if you know about an attempted murder? And for those who don't know, that is a crime. When you know that a crime is happening and keeping it to yourself is a crime because you are technically a witness to the crime and you didn't say anything. And honestly, if that friend would have went to the police, who knows if there could have been a better outcome to all of this. While Sarah waits on the bus stop, she Googles on her phone, quote, places to put a person who's bleeding out and quote, what happens if you stab a person in the neck? Francisca at this time is scared. So she starts responding to Sarah and saying, quote, how do you plan on doing this without getting caught? Trying to see, you know, if Sarah is really being serious about this. And Sarah responds with a voice memo saying, quote, 
The plan is for me to say, I have a surprise for you, close your eyes, and then I'm going to stab him. And then at the end of this voice note, she starts to imitate gurgling and stabbing sounds all while laughing. And then at 8.20 p.m., Zayed arrives at the bus stop, and it actually took him a little bit longer because of the rain. Sarah goes to the car, gets inside, and she works her game. She flirts a little bit, she makes him comfortable and chats him up. She starts giving him directions to the quote-unquote cabin in the woods, and at 8.30 p.m., she directs him to turn down a deserted road. On this deserted road, she tells him to pull over, and he does, and the both of them get out, so now they're in the middle of the forest. She tells Zayed to look at something on her phone, and while he's distracted, Sarah pulls out a 12-inch knife and stabs him in the neck and straight into his jugular vein. Zayed screams out, and Zayed is still alive, and he fights with Sarah to get the knife out of her hand. Sarah panicked because she didn't plan on Zayed fighting back. She thought that Zayed would just fall to the floor or hold on to his wound, but he actually started to fight back, and Sarah Sarah is very small and petite while Zayed was a private security guard. So Sarah gets scared and she runs away hoping that Zayed would just fall over and bleed out, but Zayed actually puts enough pressure on his wound to stop the bleeding and stumble back to the main road where he's able to flag a car down. The car pulls over and inside were two people and one of them just so happened to be a nurse, which is amazing luck because because a nurse definitely has a lot more knowledge than most when it comes to treating a wound. So immediately when Zayed gets in the car, the nurse starts treating the wound and an ambulance is called and at the hospital, he's still alive but his condition is fatal and slowly slips into a coma. Now back to Sarah in the forest. Sarah is fleeing the scene and she is very far away from the scene at this point, so she's unaware that Zayed had gotten help. She's unaware that he's at the hospital. She ended up running to a town nearby by the name of Iba Manstadt Banhof. I hope I pronounced that right. Central Station. Walking into town, people started to stare at her because she had no shoes, her tights were ripped, and she was covered in blood and mud, and she was very pale. And people even said that as they walked by her, she started mumbling underneath her breath, I'm a murderer. I am a effing killer. Now, when people start seeing this, they immediately call the police. And 37 minutes after the attack, that is when Sarah is found and arrested. Her great big plan had backfired. And not even an hour after the attack, she was sitting in a police car. When police found her, they had no clue what she had done to Zayed. They just thought that she was some girl that got wrapped up in a really bad situation. So they even asked her if she had killed someone out of self-defense. And she just responds with, quote, no. I wanted to cut someone up and watch them die. When taken back to the station and in for questioning, she tells the police, quote, 
I have just tried to kill someone. You know, it would be such a waste if I went to jail only for attempted murder. I had planned so much more. And when asked if it was self-defense, she just said flat out, quote, no, I wanted to slash his throat. I wanted to watch him die. Sarah is arrested and doctors for weeks are trying to save Zayed and he was in a coma for two weeks. His family from Iraq had even showed up to say goodbye to him, but unfortunately, he never woke up and after 19 days in a coma, he had unfortunately passed away. Sarah's charges now were upgraded from attempted murder to murder and she showed absolutely no remorse. She bragged about the attack as much as possible and said that it was sad that she got caught so soon because she had so many ideas and planned to rack up so many more victims. While in prison, Sarah got lots of male attention because she was in a unisex prison and she was actually one out of the three women that were in that entire prison. Men would show her a lot of attention because as I said, she was only one of three women there and they would cheer for her and call her a star. And the male inmates felt as if she was a hero because she was a woman that went out and did a very male-like crime, I guess. And Sarah was so high on her high horse that she even called her mom to get her to send her lots of money into her commissary account so that she would be able to get new clothes and look really good in prison. Because as I said, this whole case happened in Germany. So German prisons and American prisons are two completely different things. Apparently in some German prisons, you're able to just wear your regular civilian clothes and even buy civilian clothes. And even though she could wear whatever she wanted, she actually asked her mom if she could buy her an orange jumpsuit, just like her favorite American serial killers had worn, such as Richard Ramirez, Jeffrey Dahmer. She chose to strip herself of her own identity just so she could act like her favorite serial killers. She even asked the guards if she could put up posters of Ted Bundy, which was obviously a no. Her mom visited her in prison one day and Sarah even asked her mom if her mom could go out and murder Leon because he was the next on her list, but since she had gotten caught so early, she was unable to kill him. The mom said no, obviously, but it was clear that Sarah had absolutely no remorse for the life that she had taken or for any future lives that she planned to take. And then in May of 2022, at the age of 20 years old, Sarah went to trial and showed no remorse. She actually enjoyed and loved all of the attention. She wore a leather jacket and smoked cigarettes as well as wearing heavy eye makeup. Zayed's family from Iraq were there the entire trial and went to stand and cried about how much they loved Zayed, how much they missed him, and how much he meant to them and now he's gone. But Sarah showed no remorse, no guilt, no respect, and offered no apology. For the trial, as I said, she wore a leather jacket, heavy eye makeup, and she even dyed her hair red for the trial. While up on the stand, she was very open about everything that happened and did not spare the details on anything. She didn't deny anything, and she even said to the court that she wanted to be a serial killer. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't something that she just did out of the blue. It wasn't self-defense. It was because she wanted to be a serial killer. 
And she even went on to talk about all of the men that she had been talking to on dating apps and her intentions to kill all of them. She said on trial that Leon, her ex, is to blame and the reason she hated men and wanted to murder them. She said that Leon had abused her and even tried to kill her. So since these are very heavy claims, Leon was called to testify and Sarah was absolutely shocked when she saw Leon because when she saw him, she tried to get up and leave and break free from the restraints to get to Leon as if she was going to lunge and fight at Leon, but the security guards had held her back and pinned her down. Leon denied all accusations from Sarah, and there's also no evidence to prove any of Sarah's theories. Leon said that she was obsessed with serial killers. He spoke about how she wanted to become one, but he never really believed her, and he thought that it was all a bluff. And whole time Leon is talking, Sarah is just sitting in her seat, bawling her eyes out. Another friend of Sarah's went up to testify and said, quote, it's unimaginable to me. That's not the Sarah I know. I only know her as as a caring friend who puts others before herself. Another friend said, quote, we often talked about true crime and she often posted pictures of Richard Ramirez. Even still, I was concerned. She once asked me for my opinion on the Jack the Ripper and that she thinks she was actually a woman and therefore never got caught. Another friend of hers named Tim said, quote, I wrote her a letter and asked her if the news of her crime was really true. She said yes. When I heard about it, my initial thought was self-defense, and maybe the man tried to force himself onto her. The judge said that Sarah was heartless and cruel and a danger to society, and if she was never caught, she would have gone undetected and would have murdered other men because, as I said, she had a long list of people and even dates lined up. She actually had two more dates on the 3rd of May and the 5th of May. Sarah said the only reason she chose Zayed was because he was the first person that she talked to with a car and he also had no children because she said that if the man had children, it was a straight no-go. She was very open and said that the reason she murdered was because she wanted to know what it felt like. She wanted to know what the thrill of killing someone was and she does not regret doing it. She was then sentenced to 12 years in a psychiatric unit. When she was being sentenced, she opened her palm and on her palm was a pentagram which is the same pentagram that Richard Ramirez, the famous serial killer, had drawn on his hand at his trial. Now, what happened to her friend Francisca? Because as I said, Francisca knew about the murder. So at first she would be facing five years, but all of the charges were later dropped and she didn't get into any trouble. As of today, since German prison is so lenient, she is now serving her second year of her 12-year sentence. She eats a vegetarian diet, she does daily workouts, she watches TV, and it kind of just sounds like she's staying at a motel with therapy included. She is said to be released in 11 years at the age of 31, and hopefully by that point she is treated to the point where she is no longer a harm to society and she is just a functioning human being. Now, is that going to be the case? I hope so, but we unfortunately 
don't know until that day gets here. But yeah, that is the end of today's case. If you guys found this case interesting, make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you're on YouTube or if you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts. Make sure to give it five stars because that really helps me out a lot. But yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Make sure to go outside today, get some fresh air, drink some water. And as always, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.